Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. soreness after it and the day after so we put him through some tests he had an MRI yesterday so he'll meet with the doctor to see just where we're at on all that hey Aaron uh, just specifically on Britain his MRI was on his elbow or yeah yeah his elbow um well I you know I think he had I think he had talked to you about you know having COVID obviously in the last couple of months that um <clears throat> You know, I think set him back a little bit in his in his buildup. So, um, just trying to kind of get his weight up. He's actually been throwing pretty well early in spring, um, but after his bullpen the other day, which which went which which was successful and he didn't feel anything. It was after the fact. Um, so what are we today? Tuesday. That was Sunday. It was uh, Sunday evening. Started to feel something. So we just wanted to make sure. Um, you know, we we get some pictures of it and ran through the test. He did all that yesterday, and then they'll kind of go through that uh, today and see where we're at. So you expect to get the results today? Yeah, expect, hopefully we'll know something later today about where we're at. Yeah. How how concerning is that when when one of your pitchers you know has that situation going on? Well, I would say it's always concerning. Uh, you know, anytime any of your players are going through tests because, you know, they're not quite where, where we want them to be. Um, but that said, let's let's find out where we're at, what it says, and, and you know, what the days ahead uh, mean now. So, Zach overall feels pretty good. He's in, he's in good spirits about it. Um, but w let's get the answers first. Is, is Tommy John something that's been thought about yet or, or not yet uh, I, I would say I, no Th that part of it is my understanding a non-issue I think that so it's not the you don't get the UCL uh, no it's not that Aaron even if this is relatively minor um, you're three weeks from opening day and he hasn't pitched in the game yet is it reasonable to think that whatever he has to deal with even in the short term would keep him from the opening day roster it, that, that's possible Again, let's let's see where we're at when we get this, um, you know, and and you know, as much as we always look to April one, like that's that's one day. It's you know, the the biggest thing is we want to get this diagnosed properly, treated properly, and get Britt uh, in the best place to to be at his best. But I don't want to speculate too much on a timeline when when I really don't have an idea right now. It's Ryan Rucco, David Cohn, Meredith Morakovitz. How you doing this afternoon? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Matt. Jordan Montgomery looked pretty sharp today. Those three innings of work. What stood out most to you about his outing this afternoon? I think the biggest thing is just getting him to attack mindset early and just going after guys with his fastball because that sets everything else up for him. So I thought he did a nice job with that. from Tommy John's surgery. What are your expectations for Montgomery this year in the way of innings? Yeah, we're still kind of working through a lot of those plans. Uh, I think we feel pretty good about where Monty's at and the work he's put in and how he bounced back from last year. Um, so we haven't really set any limits on any of our guys, but we just figure we're going to kind of keep monitoring things and keep having conversations. It should be pretty fluid as we go. With Montgomery specifically, how different does his breaking stuff look to start the spring? It's, it's pretty consistent to what it was last year. I think there might be a little more action on the two seam and the changeup. Um, we talked to him a little bit more about trying to get some top spin on the curveball and increase the depth a little bit. But overall, it's, they're in good spots, and it's really about execution for him. 
It's a little bit of a different setup this year because of all the protocols. Have you found it difficult at all, Matt, shuttling back and forth between here and the minor league complex to watch the pitchers? You know, we were actually joking about that, Hark and I, earlier, because we're over at the minor league complex, which has a lot of new facilities, and we, we were saying we actually want to stay over there. we got a good setup, so Booney's <laughs> trying to drag us in and <laughs> get everybody together. We see him wave into the camera. Now, yeah. you mentioned some of the no those new facilities. The gas station was certainly a storyline early on this spring training. Can you just explain to some of the viewers exactly what has been going on inside that gas station? Yeah, so it's a new building they got over there. It's a lot of the same tools we've been using. It's just probably more efficient than what we had before, where there's a lot of uh, setup that needed to be happen and a lot of back-end work that needed to happen after we capture you know, information, whether it's data or video. And the, the gas station does a nice job of creating a, a controlled environment that's automated with a lot of these tools. So it makes everything a lot easier. And, and the, the limitations on the staff we have, it actually sets up pretty well for this kind of environment. How do you balance using some of those new tools and not overwhelming guys with all of the tools? That's definitely the trick. The The biggest thing that we talk about, and it's, it's good that we have some guys who kind of came up before the tools were available. So they have like harnessed their game skills. And we're talking about Kluber and Britton and Cole and they've kind of learned to adapt to those where we've got some of the younger guys who are more equipped to handle some of the tools but maybe don't have the game skills yet so we're trying to marry those together as best as possible and as much as we want to focus on you know spin rate and movement and things like that at the end of the day it's still about ex executing pitches over the plate and that's uh, what we're trying to get to. Hey Matt you mentioned Zach Britton a New York Post report by Dan Martin actually said that he contracted COVID back in January, lost a lot of weight because of it. How is he doing right now and how far back is he in the spring training process as far as trying to get himself ready for the 2021 season? He's actually doing pretty well right now. Uh, he, he threw a bullpen today and he's, he's back on track. So I imagine he'll be facing hitters sometime this week. So he's actually, we just wanted to kind of make sure we were taking things you know easy with him and not forcing him back and making sure he was recovering properly. So we're just you know being cautious with our guys, knowing it's going to be a long year and there's gonna be a lot of things we got to navigate so didn't need to rush him necessarily out of the gates what do you do to navigate that because there's a lot of guys coming off of injuries then you have the 60 game season from a year ago how do you really make sure that you got you're putting these guys in a position uh, to succeed not only early on but really for the entire season right and ultimately that's what we're trying to solve for is you know not april and not may not june I mean, we're looking for the end of the season and we got to win along the way so we want these guys to get in a good rhythm now and kind of establish some baselines of you know where they're at fitness-wise from a strength standpoint, a range of motion standpoint, you know what the, the stuff looks like coming out of their hands, and then I think set up some parameters for you know how the group as a whole, whether it's the front office, the medical staff, S&C staff, the coaching staff, all get together with the player and kind of make sure we're having consistent communication with them on how things are trending for them and maybe adjusting plans along the way. But it's definitely going to be a, uh, a group effort to make sure we're, we're on the same page about anytime something's got to change from a, a schedule standpoint. Is it difficult to pull back the reins a little bit when you have guys like Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone who's expected to have a big year in that rotation? Yeah, I think it is in one sense because these guys are really excited to get back out there. They've missed some time over the years and they're in a good spot from a health standpoint and they're, they're chomping at the bit, but they're also realistic about, you know, the environment we're entering into and how long the season is and uh, the conversations we've had to this point, they all understand the, the things that are challenging this year about moving forward in a 162 game season. So we haven't had too much, you know, issue yet. And obviously it comes to the conversations going forward where it'll take some, you know, really teamwork in that end. The rotation pretty much set as long as there are no injuries, of course. But when you look at that fifth spot, still up for debate, is there a leader in that race in your mind right now? Uh, gosh, yeah. Uh, we haven't got far enough into camp yet, but obviously, you know, Davey and Herman both look really good. Mike King looked good the other day. So, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of horses in the race, assuming we stay healthy. So that's a good problem. What goes into the decision making process when it comes to that fifth starter? Yeah, I think there's some things just from a development standpoint that we want to make sure like Davey and Mike and Nelson and, you know, some of these guys kind of get to. Uh, obviously, Herman having his 2019 performance, you know, he's established himself at the major league level. So I think it's just trying to figure out what's the right thing for each guy in terms of the, the development they need and what the team needs and trying to balance that in terms of, you know, who has options, who doesn't, you know, all that type of stuff. But uh, we actually have some competitive names in the mix, which is nice. When you look at Davey Garcia, still a very young arm do you forget sometimes just how young he is by the way he is poised on the mound yeah that is uh you know when you think about a 21 year old and the way he carries himself out there it is really impressive you know just the, the game skills that he has for you know how young he is 
you know, the ability to slow the game down, to make big pitches, to add and subtract, uh, those are definitely advanced for uh, a guy that's 21 years old. It's your second year as the pitching coach. What did you learn in year one, and what are you looking to change in year two? I think the biggest thing is just the, the group conversations that we maybe didn't get to last year from a COVID standpoint. I think we're really trying to bring the group together earlier and make sure everybody's on the same page about just a lot of the things we want to do from a systematic standpoint, but we're off and running. All right, Matt, thanks for the time. You are off the hook. All End right. of the inning. We will be back. Thanks after so much, the guys. Break. certainly factors in um and, and we'll probably pick pick some days at some point to get dj a starter two in a row or spend a couple days working at third doing some work at first base so yeah i always feel like that's you know always in our back pocket to to have dj's flexibility yes and in a given yeah given days absolutely when it makes sense yes i would move him to third or or first and not not really hesitate about that I think on some level, I'm interested in all of them. You know, I, I think it's really good that they get implemented at the minor league level so that we can get a feel of this, you know, like, all right, what's this look like? What do we think? And, and just get, you know, as much evaluation of it, you know, because, you know, I don't think you should just lightly uh, throw a rule change somewhere. So I think implementing them in different ways in the minor leagues and different leagues and seeing how they play out, I think that's important. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm definitely interested to see how, how it plays out. I wouldn't say I like one or don't. You know, I, I know I know there is an initiative um, for Major League Baseball to, you know, kind of, quote, get that more athleticism in there. So to, to make the running game maybe a little more a part of things. Um, so I think, you know, things are definitely coming, coming down over the next year or two that are going to be a little bit different. Um, but I think instead of just incorporating some things, I think if you have the opportunity to implement some rules um, ahead of time in the minor leagues to just to get some better information and see how it looks, see how it plays out, I think that's important. But nothing, nothing that I'm saying, oh, I love that or I hate that. It's definitely how I'd like to start. Um, you know, there's always circumstances that come up that that um, you know maybe you know, put you in a little different scenario throughout the course of the year. But, but to start, um, that's certainly something that I would like to, I would like to see and hopefully we're in a position to do that. But at the end, we're, we're going to go with what we think makes the most sense. But as I sit here right now, in my mind, I'm kind of looking at it as 13 and 13. Yeah, I'm just looking, I'm looking at Bruce has been so good so far, uh, but I would think, you know, we might talk him out of options. So that, you know, that leaves you with some tough choices there. I wonder if that could push you, you know, in another way in terms of that. Yeah, I mean, like you're looking at it, we're looking at it. Um, we'll, we'll just see it has a way of working itself out too. And, you know, while we're only a couple weeks away from, from that decision, that two weeks can sometimes look to be a long time away and things can change or evolve or declare themselves for you. So we'll just see how the next couple of weeks plays out and, and then maybe we'll have a very difficult decision. Luke is, is, you know, such an aggressive, I mean, the way you put it, football mentality. I mean, he's, he's going 900 miles an hour. And, you know, sometimes on the bases, he literally thinks he's going 900 miles an hour when he's going much slower. So we, we do remind him to, to make sure he's making solid choices on the bases. Not that we want to limit his aggressiveness, not that we, you know, everyone should be taking an extra base when they can, but it's also, you know, being aware of who you are and what your speed is and being able to make solid reads and decisions in real time. So I feel like he's done a good job of getting better at that over time. I think yesterday's play, for example, was more about him wanting to show himself that, hey, I feel good. I want to let it rip here. I want to get into a slide and things like that. So, uh, but every now and then we got to say, you know, rein it in a little bit, Luke. And, and that was a relief to you yesterday, Aaron, to see that, I mean, he was hustling pretty good, even the first base later. So the knee seems fine, the left knee. Yeah, and then even checking on him, obviously, this morning, um, you know, he, I, I could tell he was excited about how he woke up and um, 
how he was feeling. He'll, he'll, he should get some advance today off Monty, uh, you know, back at GMS. Welcome, everybody, to the Rich Corey Yanks podcast. This week's episode, um, we're about, I'd say, a little bit halfway through the 2021 spring training camp. Um, and before we get going on some uh, topics for this week, talk about some breaking news in the world of baseball. Um, the most important update as far as Yankee land is concerned, and we talked a little bit about in last week's episode, the Zach Britton update. Um, the Zach Britton injury. Uh, we have a little bit more clarification on that since last episode. So uh, we're going to let you hear Aaron Boone officially talk about that. But I mean, the gist of it, it looks like it's going to be surgery. Obviously, it's going to be months until he gets back. Uh, short side, you're looking before the All-Star break. Um, bad side, maybe after the All-Star break. So he's going to be out for a while. What does that mean for the Yanks and their what was on paper to be an amazing bullpen and honestly they've got more than enough guns uh in that bullpen to fill Britain not that Britain wasn't a huge he he honestly he's a huge piece in my opinion more so even than Chapman um I've lost a lot of confidence in Chapman the last couple of years not just because of the meatballs he's thrown in big spots in the playoffs but for the fact that um he doesn't have really anything else besides his fastball. Now I know he's working on this amazing splitter and everyone was talking, um, you know, a lot about it. It's spring training guys. So, you know, does he have confidence to throw that to an Altuve in the playoffs? We'll see if he can master another pitch, he'd be smart to do it because the slider is, is not super effective. He's still got the gas, but everybody's got gas. But, you know, I felt very comfortable thinking that we had Britain there um, as a fallback, just in case uh, green on the outside chance. I guess could be a closer too, but Britain has done it and proven that he can do it. So he was kind of a luxury and insurance policy to have in that seventh or eighth inning. But um, the Yankees do have a ton of guys that can fill in. Um, you know, they're bringing in O'Day, uh, bringing in Wilson. They've got other possibilities there. Um, and who says you have to have a legit closer anyway? I mean, these guys could all pitch in the inning, one inning. And the way baseball's going today, you know, that closer role may not be as defined. You know, starter roles might not be as defined. You have, you know, openers now. Possible six-man rotations coming back. You know, a quality start is now four and a half, five innings. Um, you know, baseball's changing. Um, and more and more, I think you're going to see us getting away from the actual starters to guys that, you know, are all bullpen guys. You know, analytically speaking, if you could get a guy that was a closer every single inning, one through nine, that's what you'd want. A guy that can go out there and just give it all for, you know, the three batters that he faces theoretically. And I think that's the way we're going anyway. So, yes, it's a huge loss. Um, knock on wood that it's the only injury thus far besides our potential backup or third string uh, catcher. Um, who's out, which I think, honestly, I, I, I don't want to root for a guy to get injured, but, you know, I'm talking about the Robinson injury. I think it's actually a blessing in disguise because I think it would cause nothing but grief as far as we start getting into that situation of, hey, he's caught Cole before. Is it a better match for Cole? I think this makes them go all in on Gary Sanchez, go all in on Kiggy as the actual catchers, and we roll with that. And I think it's actually going to be a blessing in disguise. Um if one of those guys get hurt, obviously, 
then you're talking about it being a bigger problem. But on paper, if nobody's hurt, I think this actually helps us, believe it or not. So, because um, I thought I could foresee that being problems down the road. But um, before we get into anything else, you just heard from Aaron Boone on the actual officially update. We'll talk about some news breaking around the league this week. And the biggest, I think, was the MLB rule changes that are going to be tested in the minor leagues. And there's three main rules that they're going to test. Um, uh, three of two of them, uh, I'm okay with whatever. If it happens, it happens. One of them, I'm all for. So let's get to the ones that I'm uh, okay about. Um, banning some defensive shifts um, in the minor leagues. This is uh, a way for them to try to stop, you know, the massive shifting that's going on with analytics where you've got, you know, shifts every at bat. You've got five uh, players on the infield, blah, 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 blah. So they're going to toy around with different ideas in the minors and see if this can actually help the game competitively. Um and I'll get into what I think can help the shift uh, here in a minute. You know, not easier said than done, but it is what it is. And one of the biggest things that I that stood out to me were the rule that all four infielders had to have their feet on the infield dirt. Um, that would stop that guy on the right side uh, and short right field to stop those ground balls from the sluggers, um, which you've seen pretty common now throwing guys out. So we'll see. Um, what other changes happen with the shift? I think it's a, it's good to test it. It's good to see what happens. And, you know, um, again, we'll see. The other two were um, the 15-second pitch clock being tested. They've been doing the 20-second pitch clock in the minors. I go to a lot of A-ball games um, down here and seen it uh, happen. Uh, the 20-second clock now, it's going to be 15. Um, here's the deal. It means nothing if there's not a penalty to it. So what is the penalty if you don't get the game? I mean, the minor league guys, for the most part, get it in 20 seconds. It seems to be working for whatever reason, even though there is no real penalty associated with it if they miss the if they miss the pitch clock. Um, I don't like shot clocks or pitch clocks or game clocks in baseball. There's a reason that there's no clock on it. The game is over when it's over. So I am not a big fan of this. I know they want to speed the game up, but all the rule changes that they've done – um, in the last few years, I think there's uh, it's taken like three minutes off the average time of the game. Baseball is what it is, guys. I, you can't reinvent the wheel. I'm okay with technology to a certain extent, instant replay, things coming into the game, no universal DH, things to help the game competitively. But anything with a clock, I'm not for. I don't think it's necessary, but they're going to toy around with that. But again, like I said, uh, you know, hypothetically speaking, until there's a penalty associated with it, what does it really mean? Is it going to be a, you automatically get a ball, um, you know, get X amount of warnings, you get a guy, you know, tossed out of the game. I don't know. We'll see. To me, it is what it is. Now, here's the one, the third thing that I'm all for, and that is the electronic sensors to call balls and strikes behind the plate in certain minor league games this year. Um, I don't know why we don't have this. Okay, so baseball purists are going to say it's taking too much out of the hands of the umpires. It's, these are major league baseball players. How can we have a different strike zone? Not only every game based on whatever umpires behind the plate, but from the first inning to the fifth inning. You know, when an umpire decides that that's a ball in the first inning, but now it's a strike. This is ridiculous. A ball's a ball. A strike's a strike. The the strike zone is clearly stated in the major league official handbook on what it is, and we the fact that we're relying on you know the cowboy Joe West, who's 150 years old back there, to decide what mood he's in or if he's got dinner plans or not, and what he calls a ball or strike, or did you you know? Or did you piss him off the, day, the the game before and now he's going to tighten your strike zone? It's ridiculous. Um, there's no reason at this day and age they do it in tennis, they do it in other sports, swimming, that we can't have some kind of sensor system that tells you if a ball's a ball and a strike's a strike. The, when we watch it on TV, the box is there. We see it if it's a ball or a strike pretty clearly in real time. There's no reason that we shouldn't have this in Major League Baseball. Now, listen, you're going to say... You know, with instant replay, the detractors are you're taking the human element of the game. To a certain extent, yes. I just want the call right. So instant replay, whatever. I want the call right. I don't want egregious mistakes. I want the balls and strikes call correctly. I don't want Aaron Judge having to sit there because he's tall and have a completely different strike zone than, you know, a, a Torres or somebody who comes up at, after him. It's ridiculous. A ball's a ball, so strike, strike. You want to still have the umpires in the game, down the lines, to call fair and foul, which I guess you don't really need that with instant replay either. Um, guys, I'm sorry. I know, listen, I'm, I'm just like you guys. I, I can go down the rabbit hole watching YouTube arguments with umpires all day long, and I love that part of the game. But for the most part, they're obsolete. Um, we don't 
we don't need them anymore. I hate to say it. It's not necessary. They're not really there for anything at this point. You know, yeah, they're, with, with technology, you know, they say you speed up the game, it's going to speed up the game. How does it speed up the game if, if, if the managers are barking from the bullpen of balls and strikes and come out and argue and get thrown out of the game and waste five, seven minutes? That's It's silly. You know, if a ball's a ball, strike, strike, have those umpires train them on the technology, put them up in the press box so they still have jobs, and let them run those machines. That's it. Whatever has to happen. Let them be the instant replay. Take them off the field. Bring them up the field. There's no reason that if we can get a replay on a bang-bang play at first base six seconds after it happens, that they can't bounce that up, that same replay, up to an umpire up in the booth, and he can call Ferris safe and get the right call instantly. It's not going to slow the game down, and the calls will be right. You know, it would take away the arguing with the umpires. I get that. But it's just that. Guys aren't arguing just to argue. They're arguing usually when people miss calls. So trust me, there'll be enough sparks to go around. The guys will focus their attention on each other versus the umpires. And I think that's a good thing. So my opinion, those are the the, the three things that are happening in minor leagues. And and you see what I'm all for. Last thing, the breaking news this year, the Yanks uh, released their minor league assignments where they sent a bunch of guys down, which generally happens around this time of the year in camp. A couple notables, nothing super, super interesting. Uh, uh, Gill, uh, a big prospect, goes to double A. Florio, the guy that I've talked to you about a lot and we'll talk about later on in the outfielders breakdown of the Yanks goes to triple A, which he's one step away now officially from uh, cracking the big club. Um, he would be that first outfielder called up um, if something happens or they need somebody. Uh, the only other notable send down would be Adam Warren. Uh, I think he was a long shot to make the team, even with the Britain injury. Um, but he gets sent down to the minor league complex as well. So if you've never been up to Tampa to see the minor league camp complex, it does not look like much. Um, I actually put a picture up here. You can see the outside of it. But apparently they've done amazing things inside as far as the uh, the facilities and the training stuff they have. And you'll hear a little bit about Matt Blake talk about the gas station or whatever they're calling it that these pitchers are going through. So um, that's it for the roster moves. Again, this is this is pretty standard this time of year. They're going to continue to trim it down to ultimately get to that 26-man roster. So we're going to talk a little bit about the outfield situation. We break that down this week. Um, but that being said, we're going to play some audio here. You've got a lot of Aaron Boone um, this week. Um, my favorite thing about spring training is them miking up guys during real game time. You know, I've had discussions with you guys on the show before about I think we should mic up guys during regular season games, even if it's not for immediate, even if it's played, you know, the next day on the next game, whatever doesn't have to be real time. And even if they edit it heavily, I think it'd be an interesting thing to hear these insights, especially, you know, third base coaches. We got a little bit today. I did not include that, uh, Phil Nevin, but, um, you know, my favorite part of spring training game, I could care less about the score. I like to see some of the young kids. Uh, now that those guys have mostly been sent down, my biggest uh, thing watching the Yankees right now is that anyone they get to talk to the actual manager in real time during the game, because that's when you get a lot of insight and his thoughts instantly um, on things. And you hear a lot of times they'll react as you hear Aaron Boone uh, react to a to a filthy, <laughs> filthy pitch by um, Chapman. So we got a lot of those clips this week. We'll get into uh, breaking down the Yankees outfield and then we'll get to the mailbag. So enjoy the show. chat with Yankees skipper Aaron Boone the day after his birthday so first things first Aaron happy birthday well thank you guys <laughs> made another one <laughs> Aaron I, 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 first of all I love seeing you, you you fiddling with the the audio there that's a man who knows TV making sure he's got his headset right very yeah. nicely done yeah, but they got this thing taped down pretty good you guys are awfully loud <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll try and whisper. No, to that's you. good. It's good. Uh, <laughs> so, Aaron, a lot of good things have happened for your team thus far tonight. Let's start with Herman. What jumped out most to you about those three economical innings? Just the continued command of three pitches. I mean, his it, it's what we've seen since he's got down here in his bullpens and his live work and his game work. Just really good command with three really good pitches. He was throwing hard tonight. Um, 
the changeup uh, and the curveball are both real weapons for him, and he just looks really sharp at this point. Uh, you know, especially uh, obviously having not pitched a lot other than a little bit of winter ball. You know, when when you look at your rotation, Aaron, there's there's you know, certainly some some curiosity and questions as to who fits where, but there's also a lot of talent. When when you see Herman look the way he has tonight, and then even Davey tomorrow, uh, do you start to get excited about how all these pieces may fit and, and the amount of options that you have in the rotation? Yeah, I am. You know, Davey, who who went yesterday, was was terrific for three innings similar to Herman tonight they they're just really good feel and command of their of their secondary stuff to go along with their fastball so we you know obviously we've tried to create a lot of depth knowing that we're going into a 162 game season off the 60 game season so we know we're gonna have to lean on a number of people and at this point we feel really good about the, the options that we do have but by and large, those guys have come in and really thrown the ball well and, and put themselves in a good spot here moving forward. Yeah, Aaron, you know, we, we notice, you know, we see this a lot of spring training where you get the closer in earlier in the game, as, as we saw with Chapman the last inning. And wow, I mean, it, everything looked good there. It looked like his splitter is a real weapon. I know you and I mentioned it, but what you saw from the side there, boy, that looks like he's got confidence in that pitch. Yeah, um, you know, obviously he debuted it a few times last year, um, and, and, and it has all the characteristics to be a really special pitch, and then he's just continued to work on it over the winter and then here in spring training, and it's actually a pitch that not only profiles really well, but but he's got a really good feel for it. And, and, you know, when we think of Chappie, we think of, you know, the 100 plus mile an hour overpowering. But I think what he's really showing is, you know, a guy that is pretty good at his craft and I think is showing the ability to evolve as his career gets a little bit later here. And, and I really think that that split finger, especially against righties, is going to be a pitch that, that is absolutely a factor and is going to be something that enables him to stay dominant uh, as, as his career gets later and later. You know, looking at the offense, Aaron, a lot of damage already tonight. We saw the back-to-back -back homers there in the third. For John Carlos Stanton, what has stood out most to you just watching his at-bats early on in spring? Just a continuation of, of a guy that is has gotten really good at his craft, at his process, um, his his mental, his, his, his ability to focus and really have a really good game plan um, and have an understanding of how pitchers are trying to attack him and staying disciplined to his game plan when he goes up there. And it's what I've been so excited about the last couple of years, and he just hasn't been able to stay on the field to be able to really see it manifest. Obviously, he, he, he came back late last year, got off to a great start before getting hurt, and then did what he did in the postseason. But I really feel like, man, if he, if he stays healthy, um, it, it's going to be a, a scary season. Yeah, Aaron, a couple couple questions, two-pronged. One, if you could touch on Zach Britton and who might who you were looking to to replace him and his injury. And secondly, what would Aaron Boone, the broadcaster, ask Aaron Boone, the manager? <laughs> well, <laughs> first off, um, with Britt, um, he, he flew back to New York today. Uh, he's got a quarantine there for a few days before he can have surgery. I think he's scheduled for the surgery on Monday. Uh, it looks like a very straightforward, simple, remove a bone chip. So essentially it's going to be no throwing for, for a few or several weeks as that incision heals up and then it's and then it's a normal build up from there. You know, obviously as a pitcher, but a relief pitcher, we'll just see how long it takes from there. Um, but look, I, I mean, obviously losing a guy like Britt, I mean, he's been one of the dominant relievers in our sport over the last decade. Um, you know, it's a blow, but it's also a really good opportunity for somebody to step up, establish or cement a role. And knowing that, you know, we're going to get Britt back, um, you know, wh whatever it is during the season, feel really comfortable that he's going to be a big part of, especially the second half of the season. And, you know, we talk about all these starting pitchers, um, you know, and, and how you're going to work the innings coming off a shortened season. Well, the relievers factor into that too. So maybe it's it's a situation where we'll have a little bit of a fresher Zach Britton in the second half and down the stretch and what we hope is the playoffs. 
Uh, what would I ask myself? Um, well, we got uh, no Britain, uh, obviously, to start the season. Chappie is suspended the first game. Who's going to close those, uh, hopefully, the first couple of games if you're in that position uh, to start the season? So, Aaron, who's going to close? Well, we'll just figure it out. We got good options. We got Greeny. We got O'Day. We got we got Wilson, who we're going to see tonight as well. And uh, we'll just uh, try and put these guys in the best situations to match them up to be successful. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, we're talking about that in the first couple of games. O'Day retired the first two, three and two here on Walters. And gets him to wave weakly and miss. Aaron, thank you as always for the time. Thank you guys, take care. Join us. Hello, Aaron. Hey guys, how you doing? Ugh. Doing well. We uh, had, you had your buddy Phil Nevin yeah. mic'd up at the third base coach's box. Yeah, how'd the Viking do on there? Is he good? He was. Yeah, he was excellent. I the, bet. The only shame was a, a couple quick innings. That would, yeah. otherwise could have gotten even longer. One. Audi scoreboard Yankees 4-2 lead. Uh, Aaron, how about Corey Kluber? His performance today as we see Chapman into the game now. What'd you think of Kluber's four innings? I thought he was good overall. Um, you know, not probably the command that, that we're going to see from him. I, th I thought he actually had a little more power today with all his stuff. And, uh, you know, so he's a little more scattered. But all in all, I thought he threw the ball really well. I thought he executed a number of, of, of really different pitches, you know, whether it was the cutter at times, the slider, uh, both fastballs and even the changeup a little bit. Um, you know, I think he was a little frustrated when he came out there. You know, he had a chance on a comeback or and a wild pitch, hit batter, you know, so not really a run they earned. But I think overall, a, a really good day's work. And to be able to get through four today, another good building block for him. What have you seen from Tyone thus far in his starts this spring? Man, um, I, I mean, we continue to be really, wow. That's gross. <laughs> that, that was, yeah. That's the split? That's gross right there. That thing, wow. Gary's, Gary's giggling. Stokes is telling the other team, like, what was that? The 90 mile an hour knuckleball. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Jamo's Jamo's been great. I mean, he's been, he's come as, completely come as advertised, you know, just makeup off the charts and, and He's come in feeling so good. Every, you know, test he continues to pass, whether it's, you know, getting here, getting integrated, getting in his bullpens, his live BPs, his progressions now in-game. Um, you know, he's, he's pitched with runners on base. And, um, you know, what we're seeing is is the really good Jamison Tyone stuff, you know. Obviously, a cleaner delivery now, a shorter arm stroke. Uh, we've really seen his fastball, especially yesterday, uh, in Lakeland, his fastball, you know, he was behind in the count a little bit yesterday because he didn't have real consistency with his breaking ball and his secondary, but behind in the count, really, his fastball was really playing up in the zone, and that was really encouraging, and to finish yesterday's uh, outing off with a really good breaking ball, um, I just think he, he, he's in a really good spot right now as we get through the middle of spring training. Aaron, since we just saw your reaction mm -hmm. to that just disgusting splitter from Aroldis Chapman, I mean, how how confident do you think Chapman's going to be using this during games, and, and how much are, are you and, and Matt Blake and Mike Harkey going to be emphasizing it being a part of the you know the repertoire on a on a regular basis for Chapman. Yeah, very much so. Um, as he skies one off in foul territory on the left side, Gio slips into a warm bath and makes a play. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Um, 
No, I'm really confident. Um, you know, it's something that that's you know really he's messed around with for the last couple of years, and then integrated a little bit towards the end of last year, and it absolutely plays. The profile of the pitch is excellent, and what we've come to realize, especially as he's worked on it through the winter now and, and made it part of his mix, and now here into spring training and brought it into games, is not only is it profile is a really effective pitch. Um, but it's a pitch he's got a really good feel for, actually. And uh, I absolutely think it's going to be part of, of what he does this year. Yeah, Aaron, you know, we talked to you. know, You mentioned about, uh, you know, Zach Britton going to be down for a few months. And it, does it necessarily mean that you're looking at another lefty to replace him? I know Litke's been impressive, along with Lions. Uh, I mean, are you are you looking at the lefties to, to kind of replace him? Or is there another, is there another dark horse in, in contention? Uh, I would say, honestly, there's a number of guys in contention right now, and there's a lot of different ways we can go, you know, whether you, you know, prefer, like, a longer guy that can legitimately give you some length, whether it's a guy that you feel like can, you know, be really effective in one inning. So, no, it's absolutely not a priority that it's left or, or right-handed, for that matter. We're, we're looking for the, the best guys, and that fits our roster the best, you know. With a lot of our... our uh, you know, pitchers, you know, you think about like Greeny and uh, are really, you know, technically more effective against lefties anyway. So I feel like we have a pretty good balance already in the bed. And Chappie and Wilson, uh, you know, it's, that's two lefties already. So we'll go with the best guy. Aaron, thank you for the time. As always, we appreciate it. All right, guys. guys so for the next couple weeks here until the season starts we'll break down uh, one aspect of the team each week and this week we're going to start out with the actual outfield of the Yankees um no particular reason why just because maybe because of the roster moves to Brett Gardner and stuff it was something that happened recently so we can talk about that and with Florio getting sent down this week to AAA um which I see as an upgrade for him as he's moving one step closer to uh, cracking the main roster. Will that happen this year? Outside of injury, I seriously doubt it. So but the Yankees do have some decisions to make in the outfield, of course. Um, right now, obviously, you know who your starters are. Uh, Boone has said that Clint Frazier has earned himself a shot and left to start, and I'm all for it. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with the opportunity. Um, I only wish we could find a spot for Miguel Andujar as well, but it doesn't look like we're going to have that for him. So left field, you're going to have Frazier. Um, center field, obviously, Hicks is a mainstay with his contract for a few years, and obviously, hopefully, the forever Yankee Aaron Judge and Wright. Stanton then moves to your pretty much permanent DH, although they said he's going to get some reps in left field. It hasn't really happened very much yet this year, but, you know, he's there re-signing Brett Garner as your backup outfielder who can play all positions, actually played right field um, yesterday in a game. So getting some reps over there as well. So they'll be able to slide all over. And then comes the question of Mike Tockman and Jay Bruce. And on the outside, Miguel Andohar. So they're in a tough spot there. There's going to have to be a decision to maybe eight. Obviously, they're not going to keep all of those guys. Um, there's just not enough spots. How many outfielders do they actually keep? Um, you want to lean towards five, obviously. Um, is it possible to 26-man roster? They keep six. Um, with Jay Bruce kind of being a outfielder slash backup first baseman. And we talked a little bit last week. Does that mean Mike Ford um, goes bye-bye or back down to the minors, which I believe he does have options left. So um, if I had to guess today, right now, with them bringing Gardner back and Bruce having an out in his contract, that if he doesn't make the major league team, he can break his contract. I'd say he would be the first to go. Um, would they selfishly want to hold him back? I don't know. Um, that leaves the odd man out, Mike Tockman. Now, the Yankees are very high in him, um, higher than me for some reason. I know defensively he's great, and they've been pleasantly surprised with his bat. Um, and I know if they if they send him down, I don't believe he has options left. There is a chance that they could lose Talkman, um, a younger player versus a Bruce, who's an older guy who you know is just kind of hanging on. So there's the risk of him catching on somewhere else, Talkman that is, and being really successful. Um, what do you do here? I don't know. To me, Mike Talkman is Brett Gardner, a younger version of Brett Gardner. Um, but you re-signed Brett Gardner, 
So yes, long-term, all things considered, Jay Bruce and, and Brett Gardner are probably not going to be on this team next year, obviously, even if you do have them this year. Whereas Mike Tockman could be there for years to come and could work himself into um, an everyday starting left fielder. Um, that being said, we're talking about right now and this year and who gives you a better chance to win. And Bruce obviously gives you more pop with the flexibility also to go to first base. So if you're asking me my opinion, which, hey, what the hell, it's my show, um, I bring Gardner as your first backup outfielder and then Bruce as your backup emergency outfielder and your first baseman. That leaves out Mike Tockman. If it means we lose him, we lose him. It is what it is, unfortunately. And it leaves out Miggy. Um, Miggy's not good enough defensively to be an emergency backup third baseman. I, I shouldn't say that. He would only be an emergency backup third baseman. He's been serviceable. He's been better at third base, but and he's been eh, in left field. Um, they love his bat, but what do you do? And it, with a team, when you have a bunch of veterans, you got guys that like from Carlos Stanton who are going to be your DH forever. Um, for the rest of this massive contract that he has, there's just no spots for a guy like um, Miguel Andujar. As much as I'd love to see him make this squad, I really would. I wish he could play another position that the Yankees had a need for. I wish he could almost play um, shortstop, which obviously, if he can't really play third, he's not going to play short. But that means, unfortunately, Tyler Wade's going to make this squad again because right now the Yankees don't have a backup shortstop. And again, we're, we'll get into that another time. I only bring up the Miggy thing because of... Um, the outfield situation he plays outfield we'll get to the infielders next week and we'll we'll break down the uh, tyler wade situation and stuff like that but as far as the outfield look that's a solid outfield that's a really 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 good outfield with judge switch hitting hicks who's looked great in spring this year um and clint frazier like i said probably the most excited i am to see what anybody does with their opportunities this year is clint frazier and left i think he could be really really special speed he can hit the ball he has pop he's he's proved that he can play a great defense he took that challenge on and he handled you know the bouncing up and down really well showed that he's a team player and showed he wants to be here so and then my opinion got Gardner who can play anywhere in the outfield is just you know a leader in that clubhouse and then Jay Bruce with the flexibility of being an outfielder or an infielder to me that's the Yankees opening day um day one outfield this year and I think it's pretty darn good so um I'll take it guys mailbag time um and if you guys want to reach out to the show uh send us anything at all it is um richcoryanks at gmail.com is the email and then all the usuals on social media that is richcoryanks on twitter richcoryanks on facebook and instagram feel free to send us anything that you have and like i said i try to get to one question a week that's relevant to either a topic we're talking about or something that i wanted to talk about selfishly regardless and today's question comes from steve s from charleston south carolina so charleston the home of the former yankees affiliate the charleston river dogs now i believe a tampa ray affiliate as the yankees kind of swapped those affiliates now are the somerset patriots which i kind of feel as a new yorker it's kind of weird having a yankee affiliate as the um as a yankee called the patriots but it is what it is and uh you know maybe on another show later on we can talk about the affiliates and my fascination that i have with minor league baseball and um mascots and uniforms and all that good stuff but his question steve s says do i think the additions of damaged pitchers like jameson tyan and corey kluber will hold up to the rigorous long baseball season uh thank you for your question steve i appreciate it and again please feel free to reach out with anything you guys have um listen that's the uh, twenty thousand dollar question will these guys hold up um knock on wood spring trainings looked great starting pitchings looked phenomenal Cole's looked great. Um, Kluber's looked great. Jamison's looked great. Um, Garcia's looked great. Herman's looked great. Montgomery's looked great. I just named seven guys. Yankees need five. Um, and that's not including Submarino, who will be back at some point in the summer. So um, not that I'd like to see any of these guys disappear. But, you know, if, if I had to pick one, I would say maybe a guy like Kluber, who's usually a huge innings eater, go. But... I, I don't want any of them to go, but if one of them was to get hurt more than the other. But uh, Jamison looks like a real steal, man. He looks like the real deal. And assuming that he's healthy and he can stay healthy, I think that's going to be a real coup. And we're going to look back at that as a huge Brian Cashman move to bring him on board. But listen, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know if these guys are going to stay healthy. Obviously, you know, as the rotation goes, so goes the Yankees. They've proven they can do it in the past with injuries. But, you know, uh, these guys are, you know, it's a crapshoot. You know, if these guys can hold up, that's great. The Yanks going to be careful with them for sure, um, especially coming off that shortened season last year when nobody really threw. So these guys, in theory, should be fresh. Now, I'm hearing all the experts say that that means there's going to be injuries down the road um, because they're not built up. But we'll have to see. I heard Cole and these guys talk about how, um, you know, they threw extra on purpose because they knew they didn't get their innings in last year. So hopefully that holds up. The good news is you've got a Michael King. You've got a Debbie Garcia. You've got a Severino coming back. You've got guys that could fill those roles if one of these guys do get hurt. But you're telling me you give me a one-two punch of Cole and Jameson or Cole and Kluber, vice versa, if one goes down. And then Herman, if he's up to form and Montgomery is a solid back-end guy, the Yankees have a rotation that could be really, really dangerous. So um, I'm okay with it, Steve. Um, I think they'll be okay. Will they hold up? I, I, I can't answer that question. I can only do my knock on wood and hope that they do. But again, thanks for your question. And again, guys, richcoreyanks at gmail.com for any emails or anything that you want to send me big file wise. If you just want to hit me up on the social media, the regular Rich Core Yanks, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. So I'm going to wrap the mailbox into the final thoughts segment here just because not a ton going on. Um, again, you guys know my philosophy on spring training baseball. I don't care if it's 47 to nothing as long as nobody gets hurt. I'm okay with it. So there's nothing really that sparked my eye so far in camp um, outside of the outstanding starting pitching. And that's why I wanted to kind of talk about it. And that's why I picked that question. Gary looks great behind the plate, popping the bat. He looks solid. All the other guys are coming along just to, uh, just the way you'd want them. You know, showing that they've got a little bit of hit, a little bit of pop in their bat, that they're okay. Uh, nothing crazy, which is what you kind of see. You don't want to also have these guys wasted. Every year a guy has an incredible spring and everybody gets real excited. You know, oh, this is great. Now, I understand it with Sanchez a little bit just because of what's been going on with him. But everybody gets, you know, blown out of the water by some spring training performances. And then it doesn't carry over to the regular season. So I probably like, you know, I perfect world give me a 500 record in the spring nobody gets hurt everybody's healthy and we're ready to go for the regular season as we you know as right now the batters start to catch up with the pitchers a little bit so um overall another good week in yankee land um and hopefully it stays that way i appreciate you guys checking out the show if you're enjoying it send me some feedback tell some folks about it we're getting pretty consistent um downloads every single week so i can't thank you enough of that again guys the show is for no other reason just to vent and to uh, share my love for the Yanks that I've had for years and years. And uh, if I can uh, make some friends and communicate a little bit with uh, like-minded fans, um, then that's just a bonus. So I appreciate you guys checking out the show. And until next week, go Yanks. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> Like yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking ball. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. God, sucker teed off in there like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. <laughs>